You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others and lessons we've learned along the way to help you along your NFT journey, whether you're just getting started and trying to figure out what the heck is an NFT or you're well on your way like some of us and you're still learning every day and trying to figure out what the heck is going on in NFT world. That is what this show is all about. We're here to help you and support you. And I've got a really fantastic guest with me today. Manny Coates is a serial entrepreneur, VC investor in over 500 companies, owner of eight board apes and a top holder in many other projects and a co-founder of the new project called Bulls and Apes, which can be found at bullsandapesproject.com. Manny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is going to be super cool. I'm excited to dig into this. I've looked into a little bit of your background, listened to some other interviews. I know you've got a lot of great stuff going on in the space. And I wanted to start with some of your background, I know you've had a lot of experience as an entrepreneur and what led you to this, and then we'll get into your NFT journey, but maybe you can just share a little bit about your, your background as an entrepreneur. Yeah, sure. I'm going to try to sum it up because I, I go back about 20 years, hmm. but yeah, I started, uh, I was in finance, didn't really like that after a few years, became more of a, uh, of a grind in terms of uh, collecting versus lending. Hmm. Uh, I decided to start my first business, got into 3D animation. So at that time, this was 20, over 20 years ago. It was super new, uh, super hard to do. I ended up doing cash advances on all my cards in order to, uh, all my credit cards in order to get the funds I needed to buy these computers with like like 20 megabytes of hard drives. I know. That, that was like Crazy. the biggest, you remember the biggest hard drives. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah. So I started doing 3D animation, ended up essentially creating a magazine, a 3D magazine, the first in the space, um, ended up selling it for a pretty small amount of money, but it was enough to get me out of the, out of the town I was living in. Moved to San Diego and then there got into the whole dot-com business. Got into some protein supplement stuff that ended up crashing. The, the dot-com stuff did well from dot-com, online advertising, marketing. That's where I, I got my feet super wet doing all of that. And then, yeah, we were getting into doing games for, for mobile. Or actually, before mobile, it was for PCs. We're doing Flash games, things like that. Mm. And started doing uh, adware. At the time, it wasn't a bad thing. It was like, hey, what if people can actually you know, get advertisements instead of uh, paying for the software, would people do it? And sure enough, people were always wanted free. Free was king, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we transitioned from that into, or I did, I ended up selling my portion of the business to my partner. I ended up going into mobile games and then from mobile games, did that for a few years, did a couple hundred games. And then we got into the Amazon space. And then from the Amazon space, we ended up generating a software company called Helium 10. We had a podcast called the AMPM podcast. If you Google me, you'll, you'll see me all over the place. And then we ended up exiting that company a few years back uh, for a pretty sizable amount. And that company is now going to go public, I, we hope, next year. Still own equity there. So I'm happy to be in that position. And, yeah. and uh, after a few years of just kind of laying low and just relaxing, decided to get into the NFT space. Because uh, I've been kind of at the frontier of all the technology pieces, right? Like yeah. the dot-com and then the, uh, you know, the, the mobile game space. And then yeah. we got into the crypto space. And now right. we're here in the NFT space. I think it's super cool. And you've also, you said you were kind of laying low as in you weren't like actively working on something, but you also got involved as a VC investor in a lot of businesses as well, right? Yeah. So essentially during my, uh, my retirement, phase, right? I was yeah. like, all right, what am I going to do? So I'm always diving in really hard in, into whatever I'm doing. So venture capital, angel investments is something that I that sounded really interesting, investing in companies kind of like mine when we started it up, right? With mm-hmm. Helium 10. Yeah. So I ended up investing. I looked just recently was over 600 companies now. Wow. 
But yeah, just recently, actually, in the last 90 days, I've invested in a couple in the NFT space people would recognize. So MetaMask, which actually mm-hmm. the parent company consensus, and then OpenSea, BlockFi for crypto. There's, there's quite a number of really cool companies I've invested in in this space. Yeah, no kidding. I've heard of MetaMask and OpenSea. You've heard of them. <laughs> I've heard of those companies. Yeah. <laughs> kind of household names in the in the NFT world. I'm interested to dive into that and, and even talk about when we get to talking about your project, how that relates and getting access to people to invest in certain things and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But tell me about how you started getting into Web3 and particularly started investing in NFTs. Like where did you start learning about it? When was that? And and what was the first, you know, maybe purchase that you made? Yeah, I, I've been doing crypto for a while. And so that kind of led into the whole space. And it was last year, I was looking at some NFT project. I, I remember when Bored Apes came out and actually before Bored Apes, when there was a, a lot of these one-off type projects, you know, ones of ones. And I was mm-hmm. like, this, this doesn't make, make a lot of sense to me at the time. And there was even a company that I did invest in Rarible of all things that by okay. ac- not by accident, but it was a small, it was a small investment because I wasn't too sure about the NFT space back then. Yeah. Now it's huge. When I got into it, um, I got into a handful of little projects that I thought were going to be cool. I got into Board Ape, the Board Ape Yacht Club. I wanted to get into Board Ape Yacht Club, but I wanted to flip some of them. I thought, oh, this would be a cool way to like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe make, you know, one, two, three ETH just for fun, just kind of play around with it. Yeah. And then eventually I started really looking into the project and decided, you know what? I think the floor on these things are, are is going to be super high. I think, mm. you know, I, I bought in a run, they were around 40 ETH. Okay. And then I thought, well, is a million dollar floor unreasonable? It sounds crazy right now, but if there's only 10,000 of them and yeah. all the mega wealthy people are coming in and want one, right? where's that going to be? And and I think almost everybody agrees that if there's a, uh, a mega crash in the NFT space, right? Yeah. Which there's probably going to be some kind of correction. Mm-hmm. What will survive and what will rebound very quickly? And I think that would be one of the projects that that does so. Yeah. So the kind of the preeminent project in the space at this point that everyone would say, okay, that's the one that would probably survive. Maybe a few others out there that, that would get people you know, excited about staying in the space. So you, you said you were in crypto for a while. When did you start looking at or buying into cryptocurrency? Oh, shoot. Uh, the, the year, when was the year? I remember my friend calling me up. He was in the mobile game space with me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to buy this thing called Bitcoin. And it was $80. That's what, so that oh, if you can, if you can look that up and see what year that was. I, yeah. I don't recall, but this was uh this was a while back. And I was like, that sounds crazy. I, I don't, I'm going to focus on games, not on, mm-hmm. not on Bitcoin. Yeah. And then uh, when it hit 300, I started getting interested. I was like, oh man, okay. This sounds pretty cool. I was about to put 10 grand in, got talked out of it by, by somebody that was in the, you know, the real world financial sectors. And they're like, that yeah. sounds like internet money. It doesn't sound real. <laughs> and then I finally got into it really heavily into Bitcoin specifically in 2016. And then through 16, 17, I got into all the dot, uh, the, the altcoins. And then, you know, with the big crash that came in 2018, lost a ton out of that. And then from 2019 through now, I've been accumulating and yeah, there's some interesting projects. I don't have a lot. I kind of focus on just a handful and yeah, it's interesting. I'm guessing your version of, I don't have a lot is probably more than some people and maybe less than others. It's always a relative term, yeah. right? Were you, were you getting into Ethereum along that way as well? Were you stacking ETH leading up to, or do you just start buying ETH to buy NFTs? Yeah, I, I had, I had some Ethereum. Now I don't, I don't hold Ethereum for for long-term value. I use it only for NFTs. And when I say I don't have a lot, I meant I don't have a lot of different types of, of, okay. of crypto. I do have solid amounts of investments in there. It's, it is okay. part of my portfolio, yeah. you know, making sure you're diversified and you have, you know, this, this chunk here for, for crypto, this chunk here for real estate, this chunk for stocks and so forth. Yeah. 
are you comfortable giving a ballpark on the the percentage that you are invested in cryptocurrency? I actually I don't know where it's at right now because it was funny. I, originally, I wanted to say about ten percent, okay. but the numbers have swung. You know, the values have gone mm. so far up towards the moon that I think I'm I'm over. I have an over commitment at this point in terms of percentage, but I, I'm probably over twenty percent at this point. Okay, interesting. That's yeah. cool. Going back to getting your first NFT, you talked about Board Ape, but you, you talked about. I know it launched in April 2021. You talked about getting one at 40 ETH, which had to be several months later. I'm guessing 40 was maybe November last year or something like that. Yeah. Was yeah. there anything you bought before that, or was that your first NFT purchase? Was a 40 ETH Board Ape? No, no, no. I, I was. I got really heavily into a project called um, Bulls on the Block. That was. That was kind of where I met some really cool people. I had a couple of NFTs before then that you know weren't anything serious. I think, I think uh, I'm trying to remember all, all the uh, the NFTs I had, but Bulls on the Block were, was the biggest one. I ended up buying. I wanted, I came in and I became a whale. I bought hundreds of these things, mm. and the project was failing. And I got brought in, brought in on the, as the uh, part of the inner circle, and we were going to try to revive it and, and acquire the you know try to grab the the IP from the founders that were basically taken off. Yeah. And yeah. So I moved on from there. Somebody that I met in that community, I was asking, do you think it's a good time to get board ape? It's so, they're so expensive right now, right? Yeah. 40 ETH, 43 right. ETH or something like that. I know. And and, then, and they were like, yeah, probably, you know, you know, <laughs> just, just get a floor, a floor ape. Don't go, you know, get yeah. that blue laser. Get crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I did. And then, I, and then I got a second one because I was going to flip it and I did, I listed it. And then I got a third one and then a fourth one. And then at some point when I decided I wasn't going to flip them, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to hold on to these. I had forgot that I listed the one. Mm-hmm. And then one day I got an email that says, uh, congratulations, your, your ape sold. And I'm like, what? Oh. what? What do you mean it sold? <laughs> so yeah. I had nine. I had nine. Okay. And that uh, that one that sold, did you, buy the, did you buy that around 40? What did it sell for? Yeah. I, I made about 10 Ethereum on it, I think. Okay. But yeah. I, I'd have to go back and look. I think that it was like between five and 10 Ethereum. And what was it? I'm not that familiar with the bulls on the block project, but I, I remember hearing you, you were on Michael Stelzner's crypto business podcast. And I heard you talking about that. I think you said you're the number one holder or you were the number one holder at one point. Like you said, you came in like a whale. What was it about that project that was so attractive that you started buying so many? Um, man, I don't know. It was it. I, I like the art. I thought the art was cool. I started resonating with the community. It was small enough that you know you could have active conversations um, where it wasn't just completely crazy busy. And then I don't know if it's my personality. I, I tend to jump into things that I'm, I want to try to fix and revive or grow. Mm. And, and this this one was wasn't a rug, but it was like it, it was two founders. From my understanding, is you know, three founders that just didn't get along. And then when founders don't get along. And they take off and they're just like, look, we're not going to uh, continue the project anymore. Yeah. And the community's left holding the bag. And I thought, well, I, this is solid art. I bet you we can turn it around. So that's what I tried to do with, with a couple other or with a few other people in there. Okay. Are you still involved with that project? I see it looks like the floor right now is about 0.09. So it's not like it's, it's far from dead. Like it's, it's definitely a lot. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was pretty low when I got in. I, I ended up buying up the floor and bringing in some excitement. Um, I still own every single one of my, my bulls there. Mm-hmm. I haven't sold it. I'm not involved anymore. I exited the inner circle when, when we couldn't make the deal happen in any kind of reasonable time. I ended up exiting and we pivoted and our project, which is the Bulls and Apes project right. was born. And originally I wanted the Bulls and Apes project to be kind of a continuation of the, the BOTB project, yeah. if we could have made that, that happen. But yeah. it just that one month led to another month, led to another. And finally, we're just like, we're out, you know, let's, let's move on. 
Yeah. I want to get to your project and what you're trying to do and change in the space in our next episode. Going back to that, it sounds like you've gotten involved with a number of projects. You have a ton of experience in the entrepreneurial world, both running a business and investing in a lot of businesses. What I'm seeing out there and of course hearing about is that you know, this is kind of a, a revolution with Web3 and so many people that maybe couldn't start a company or all of a sudden starting these projects and companies. What are you seeing as the biggest problems out there? I mean, obviously you've got a lot of people who are all of a sudden running a company with probably limited experience, if no experience as an entrepreneur before. And so you hear about all these quote unquote rugs, but it seems like a lot of times it's just people that are like in over their heads, not necessarily a nefarious situation, but yeah. they just can't handle it. Yeah. The man, they're, there are so many problems. To me, this reminds me of like the very early days of the dot-com era, right? Where the rules and regulations, the laws just aren't up to speed. So you don't know what's legal, what's not. Even when we were at NFTLA and I was asking people about, you know, staking and uh, liquidity pools, things like that. Everybody was all over the place. Like there was no, mm. no, you couldn't figure things out. But I think to answer your question, you have undoxed founders coming in. So you're, you have people investing in people. They don't know who they are. They're like super bunny 54 or whatever. Right. Right. So you don't know who they are. You don't know their backgrounds. You have people that are seeing all the success and you have, you know, people just saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to jump in. This is super easy. There's software that'll make 8,000 generative mm -hmm. images. I can go out there. I can sell it. I've got a big list. I can promote it. Yep. And then there's, they're, they're not really thinking it through because they don't have any business experience. They don't know how to build a business. They don't know how to exit a business. They don't know how right. to hire people. They right. run into problems. So that's, yeah, the, the, those would be the yeah. biggest things right now that I, I, I see. And also funding. Like I think yeah. almost everybody, like in the traditional world, if you want to start a business, right? Yeah. Andy, you got to go out and you got to raise capital. Right. Maybe it's your own capital. Like mm -hmm. I, when I started my first one, I, I, yeah, I did my cash. Or friends or VC, right. whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, People aren't doing that. They're they're going out and they're saying, "Okay, I'll do whatever I can to get to mint, and then mint will be what that'll fund that'll fund my project, and then I'll go hire people and I'll make right. a company out of it." The other thing I'm I think about all the time is you see these people that are starting these projects with the best of intentions. I mean, certainly there are people who are saying, "Hey, I've got the list, and this is going to be an easy million bucks," and and doing what's called a quote cash grab, right? But I think there are people that are going out there with the best of intentions, creating something, saying, "I'm going to create this." business and project. And I'm going to be here forever to run this thing. And I'm thinking, do you know how long forever is? Like I get bored after six months of running something. So I would imagine there's also a lot of people as we're coming up, I've been in the NFT space for almost a year now. And that's the same for many other people. A lot of projects are coming up on, you know, six months, 12 months old. Are people going to be able to sustain the things that they're running and doing without either running out of money or having staff problems or just getting bored? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, think six months, and this space is like three years in real life. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Things move so quickly. So 100% agree. I think people underestimate, I mean, it's happened to us, like the, the rate of technology advancement in this space is wild, right? So like what works now, like what worked for a project back in uh, September, October, when they minted last year, yeah. and that's not that long ago, really might not work now. So yeah. you've got to constantly pivot. You got to adjust, you got to tweak, you got to figure things out. And I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of people will get into this thinking, oh, it's going to be super easy. And then maybe they don't mint out. So then the funds that they thought they were going to have to do everything they have is way smaller. And then they run into problems. There's so many issues. Um, and not, the, 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 the biggest probably being noise. You're competing yeah. with 50,000 projects at any given point or whatever the number is. I, it, it changes yeah. constantly. And right. so the people that yell the loudest or make the most noise are the ones that, that gain access. And a lot of times those are scammers, right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, with big Twitter followings and it looks like it's doing really well and all the hype and all that stuff. We've done an episode about that. I just want to warn people about the, the hype and the FOMO. Two more questions for you, Manny, and then we'll, we'll shift and talk about your project. One is what's the biggest mistake that you've made in the NFT or Web3 space so far? And, and what did you learn from it? Oof, biggest mistake. Yeah. Did you buy something that just crashed? Have you been scammed? You know, poor investment. I mean, I have plenty of those. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, the, the money side isn't, isn't terrible for me. Like I, like I invested in a bunch of, if you look at my wallet, you'll see, I have dozens of specific projects where they just tanked. Right. And so yeah. I've lost tons of ETH on that kind mm. of stuff. Those aren't really mistakes. I mean, they are mistakes, but they're, they're not, they're not. You can't always predict the future, right? Like you made a bet and it goes one way or it goes the other. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that came from other people going, oh, you got to get in. This is going to be it. This is going to be good. And then again, we get back to, you know, did the founders actually have, you know, long-term vision? Because everybody's roadmap always looks the same. We're going to be in the metaverse. We have tokens. We have this. And it's like, they don't have tokens when they launch, right? Mm. They, they don't have a metaverse figured out because there is no real metaverse. Like, where are you going to go? Is it going to be Apple? Is it going to be Sandbox? Is it going to be Facebooks? Is it going to be the other side with the apes? Like, we don't know yet. So mm-hmm. you can create something. You can be on yeah. NFT world or whatever and make it look cool. But and, and you can say the word metaverse and people will get say excited. It. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look on our roadmap, it's not in there. It's on our vision. Like we know mm-hmm. we'll be there. So everything on our yeah. roadmap, for example, we're going to be that we're, we're, we're going yeah. for. But I would say, man, I underestimated the amount of time that it would take. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, you know what? I'm retired. I can get in this. I could probably do six to eight hours a day. And, you know, yeah. but the number two problem, which compounded the first problem was team. Like we have a great team, yeah. man, we should have hired a much bigger team to start with. Mm. And then that would have reduced my hours. And the problem is to find really good people in this space yeah. is difficult right now because everybody is promising the world. Everybody's hiring. It's just mm. like bonanza right now. It's crazy. It's, it's like dot-com early days where, yeah. you know, you hired anybody that knew how to write two pieces of code and you had to pay <laughs> them a quarter million dollars a year to get it, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Last question. More broadly, you were involved in web one and mobile gaming and web two and Amazon and all this stuff. And now we're talking about web three. What are you most excited about from a, a macro level with web three and NFTs and, and where all this is going? Man, I, I honestly, we just talked about it, but I, I'm excited for the metaverse. I think mm. that, you know, we, ju- we just had a party over at the house uh, not too long ago and we we're breaking out the Oculuses and a lot of people had never been in the virtual world. Mm. And, and, and right now I know every, we're doing things on our computer screens, we're doing on our phones. But eventually, I just see that's that's where we're all headed, right? We're all going to be in these immersive, crazy worlds where you can do anything you want. And I think the NFTs are going to just be part of that. You know, it's going to be currency. It's going to be assets that you can buy. It's going to be, and it's going to be stuff that follows you around. And it's just going to be super amazing. So I, I think that's going to be in, insane in the next three to five years. I love it. I love it. All right. We're going to wrap this up. And in part two, we're going to dig into your new project, Bulls and Apes. For those listening that want to follow you along your journey or find out more about what you're doing, I think the the website again is bullsandapesproject.com. And what's your Twitter or where are you most active on social? Yeah, that'd be Twitter. It would be Neo Ape Official. And yeah, and I'm also, my LinkedIn and everything is over on, on the website. Yeah, everything's on the website, fully doxxed. All right. Thank you again for being here, Manny. And we will talk more soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to My NFT Journey. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that our podcast right now is sponsored by Voice.com. Yeah, Voice is an easy place for creators to create carbon-neutral NFTs. 
That's right. You may have heard about NFTs from the outcry around environmental impact and how much energy is being burned by Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies and NFTs and tokens traded on the blockchain. Well, voice is 65,000 times more energy efficient than Bitcoin and 17,000 times more energy efficient than Ethereum. So if you're looking to create some NFTs very easily or buy some NFTs, especially low-cost NFTs, very easily with U.S. dollars and without burning lots of energy or impacting the environment, then check out voice.com. I am working on creating my own collection of NFTs on voice, and I've found so far that it's extremely easy. All you need is the right graphic, the right strategy, or what you want to create. Decide what you want to give to people when they buy the NFTs, and then go set it up. It only takes a few minutes. So go check it out, voice.com, and let me know what you think.